So today we're going to do things a little differently. Why? Well, because I think we all need it. Hello, and welcome to the Moxie Gal podcast, where you can come for your weekly dose of tips and tools that you can use to stay relevant, productive, and thrive. Through personal anecdotes, stories, and interviews, we'll uncover what it takes to unleash the moxie or courage that you need to design the life that you want. My name is Ami Valdemaro. I'm a leadership trainer and coach, and I help people with big ideas turn their ambitious visions into action and impact and keep it real in the process. On this episode, we're going to talk about the gift of presence and how practicing being present can help us to work through volatile, emotional, turbulent moments like the ones that we've experienced over the past year. We'll also talk about four things that you can do to practice being more present so that you can make decisions and take action from a more aligned place and continue to show up and show up fully for the communities that you serve. So I'm recording this podcast in the third week of March, which for many of us is when our respective governments and countries decided to put us on different flavors of lockdown or quarantine just about one year ago. In fact, some of us, including those of us here in the Philippines where I live, are still under a version of quarantine. We've all heard the saying and the buzzwords, the unprecedented times, the volatile and uncertain world that we live in, but I don't want to talk about that. We all know it, and we've lived it over the past year. What I want to do as we start this episode is to acknowledge the loss that we've all felt over the past year. We have all lost things in the past year. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us have lost a sense of identity that was important to us, a sense of community. Some of us have lost loved ones. So yes, loss is a huge thing, and no matter how much we try and paper over it or try and get back to whatever normal or new normal is, I think sometimes we need to be present with that loss. And an anniversary like this one can bring that sense of loss up for some people. So I thought instead of focusing on work-related how-tos this week, that we might focus on this. And to focus on it, not in the sense of giving space for an outpouring of grief or emotion or catharsis, which are all needed, but instead to look at this experience as an opportunity for us to better understand how the events of the past year, say, have shaped us into who we are now and how we are showing up in life. So before we get started, I want you to know that I see you and that I see you here now. You are here in this moment. It might not be the you that you thought you would be one year ago. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not, but it is you. You're showing up, and I want to thank you for that. Now, 2020 is not the first year that we ever experienced loss. We had lives before 
2020 and we will continue to have lives after this pandemic is over. But the loss feels more acute because it happened at such a global scale. Now, having said that, each person's experience is unique and different. They might feel different losses in different aspects of their lives. Some will be literally a matter of life and death. And others will feel like that because what you're losing is such an important part of your identity, say, in the sense of losing a job or being laid off or furloughed or having to distance yourself from that part of your identity and what it represents. Each loss is different and each of us has a different threshold for loss and grief. Grief being the emotion that we associate with this loss, right? And depending on how deep that sense of loss is, the deeper your grief might be. Now, I should say that everyone has their own threshold for processing emotions that come about as a result of our education, our upbringing, our conditioning, and a whole host of factors. So I am kind of anchoring our conversation around loss, but this could really apply to any sort of raw, visceral, strong emotions that we're feeling. One of the biggest challenges that we're facing now is that in this digital world where we're expected to be on all the time, on and responsive, and since we're not moving, right, and a lot of us are working from home, we're expected to be even more available. We don't have a lot of space to process that loss or process that grief or frankly to process any emotions that we're feeling. So I have two intentions for this episode. One is to acknowledge the losses that each of us has been through over the past year. To acknowledge them and to know that we hold space for them. But also to think about the gift of presence and how being present can give us the space to process some of these deeper emotions that we may have been suppressing or hiding or afraid to let out in the past year. So what does it mean to be present? Well, first, let me check in. How many of you feel like you are here 100% with me listening to this episode. And how many of you feel like your attention is elsewhere? You might be driving, you might be at work, you might be answering emails while listening to this. Where are you right now? Can you locate yourself? Chances are in our hyper-connected and hyper-distracted world, you're somewhere in between 0 and 100%. So... If that's the case, and you want to be present here, one of the things that you can do is take a couple of deep breaths in and out. So I'll invite you to do that now. A deep breath in, and then a deep breath out. Then another deep breath in through the nose. And an exhale out through the mouth. If you're still feeling a little bit all over the place, you can take a couple more deep breaths. Push pause if you'd like. And then come back here when you're feeling more fully present. So now that you're more here, I want to take our check-in a little deeper. How do you feel? 
Are you feeling energetic, lazy, sad, happy, joyful, frustrated, stressed, amplified, amped up, excited? So how are you feeling and where are you feeling it in your body? What parts of you feel most alive? Can you sense those parts and identify them? Are there parts of you that are feeling more open? Or are there parts of you that are feeling more constrained or restrained or tucking into themselves? Our bodies are magic. Even if we have a thought or something that's going through our mind that we haven't verbalized, our bodies will know it. And any kind of constraints or resistance that we have to something will show up in our body somewhere. So a super key part of being present, practicing being present, is to understand where we're at both in our minds but also in our bodies and figuring out what clues our bodies can give us about how we're feeling. Chances are, just given the space that we've all been operating at over the past year, that there is going to be some sort of resistance to something, something that's going on in your thoughts or in your mind or something that you are reacting to that is going to come up. So when that resistance or that knot in the middle of your stomach comes up, try to maintain presence. Don't feel ashamed about whatever is coming up. Try and acknowledge it. Let it be here. Let it be present with you as a part of you. Shame is a concept that is a really important one in a lot of cultures, including a lot of cultures here in Asia, uh, where there is this sense of not wanting to bring shame to one's family or to oneself. And so if that's something that's coming up for you as you get present and figure out what's going on, I want you to know that you have full permission to let that emotion, that turbulence, that stuff that's coming up for you be here without judgment. Now you might automatically think that I'm speaking of negative emotions, but it could be shame for feeling joyful or positive at a time when other people are suffering. Whatever emotion it is, allow it to be here. Allow it and acknowledge it. It's part of being present and being okay with where you're at and just looking at yourself as you would as if you were an independent observer. Try and notice and observe what's going on without getting too attached. My professor, Dr. Ron Heifetz, would call this the difference between being on the balcony and being on the dance floor. You know, for those of us who like to dance. When you're in the middle of the action, you are on the dance floor, you're in it, you're a protagonist. You might not see things the same way as if you were on the balcony observing everybody else that's moving around can be a super useful thing to do if we are feeling triggered as fuck and need to step away from things in order to observe with more objectivity and let things cool down for a minute. So now that we're present and we know where we're at both in our mind and in our body, we can get back to putting our designer hats on and ask those two powerful questions, right? What's going on and what's really going on? Sometimes when we're dealing with such big emotions, sometimes saying it, acknowledging it for being here and naming it can be enough. We may laugh a little or a lot, we might cry a little or a lot, but 
that acknowledgement and allowing for those emotions to be here can be a really powerful step in moving forward. It may be the case that in naming those emotions, you'll discover that you're having those emotions with regard to certain situations or certain people that are in your life. It might be an invitation to you to speak about this with other people who might have a similar or a shared or a collective experience with you. What makes this different is that instead of automatically going to someone when you're in full trigger mode and wanting to do your fight, flight, or freeze response, taking a step back and being present with it and giving space to it will let you step back from the emotion and look at it not as an extension of you, but just as you would any other kind of thought. Something that's fleeting or momentary or just passing by, but that isn't you. It's just a thought. Going through this exercise of being present and acknowledging how we're truly feeling isn't just some self-serving exercise. By acknowledging how we're truly feeling, we give ourselves back control over these emotions rather than getting overwhelmed by them. We create space to come up with more creative solutions, not just for us, but for our communities and the people who we show up for. So you know how they say that awareness is the first step to change? Well, practicing being present or receiving the gift of presence takes us a step further. It invites us to become more aware of how we're feeling and where we're at, but also invites us to accept those parts of us without judgment or shame. As my own coach Alyssa would say, it's from this place of acceptance that true magic happens because we are then able to take action that will lead to lasting and meaningful change. If this feels like a big stretch for you, I'd encourage you to try and test out some of these techniques in getting present. Take it from me, I am the type of person who tends to hold their cards pretty close to their chest, especially in work situations. Some people might even say that I act a bit stoic in the sense that I don't let my emotions appear, especially in professional settings. I can maintain a calm and composed demeanor. These tips and tools and practices are meaningful for anyone and can be used by anyone, especially those for whom they're feeling a bit of resistance around fully accepting or inviting these emotions to appear. I know, I'm one of them. If you're feeling a bit too vulnerable or sensitive around this, then I'd encourage you to try and practice these tips and tools in a space where you feel safe and trusted or with confidence who you feel like you can talk to in an open and inviting way. That might mean friends or family or people who you consider to be part of your tribe, especially if you're working with very strong, powerful, visceral emotions. It's always helpful to do this in community where you have a trusting set of partners and an environment where you feel safe and held. And if you've gotten to this point and you're still feeling a little lost, you can always come talk to me. So as we mark this one year anniversary, 
I want to leave you with this gift, the gift of presence. Taking a few deep breaths, asking yourself how you're feeling in your mind, but also in your body. Probing with curiosity, what's going on? What's really going on? And exploring these questions in a safe space and in a community where you feel held and supported. This is my gift to you and hopefully a gift that you can continue to give yourself as we're going through this time and any other time that is producing such strong reactions and feelings and emotions. As always, I'd love to hear from you on how you're doing. Know that in this community, there is always a safe space for you. You can reach me on Instagram at the underscore moxiegal, on LinkedIn at the moxiegal, or you can visit us on our website at www.themoxiegal.com. Until our next episode, take care, stay safe, and be well. In this episode, I shared some insights based on concrete works and scholarship that's been done on adaptive leadership, growth, and limiting beliefs. So before I go, I wanted to share these resources with you in case you're curious and want to explore more. For information on coaching around limiting beliefs, you can visit the work of Alyssa Nobriga and the Institute for Coaching Mastery. On adaptive leadership, you can look at the work of Dr. Ron Heivitz and Marty Linsky and their books that they've written on the practice of adaptive leadership. And of course, you can reference the work of my go-to designers, Dave Evans and Bill Burnett, and their work on designing your work life and designing your life.